You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Okay, it's Monday, July 12th. We're talking on the night of Sunday, July 11th. It's like 10 p.m. Eastern. It's two hours prior in Denver, Colorado, which is where you are. Aram Layton, what the hell kind of Sunday did you just have, man? Dude, I don't even know. I don't even know where to start. But thank you for thank you for bearing with us on the uh, on the East Coast. Uh, so I'll, I'll just give you a quick run through the day. Uh, woke up at 4 a.m. I was in South Bend, Indiana, visiting my friend Griffin Conine of uh, the Marlins organization. I grew bombs. up with uh, hitting bombs, nine home runs in 13 games, 21 on the year, leads the minor leagues. Super amped on him. Marlins I hope you know. Whenever you know, I I work with Fort Wayne, so like whenever I dive into the stats on a daily basis literally a daily basis i check the leaderboards and i always see g conine in home runs g conine g conine g conine it's crazy it's nuts dude and and you know everyone wants to cite the strikeouts i get it uh, he's actually cut that down now but he has 21 jacks no nobody in the minors that i think has 20 yet right so i mean he's doing some crazy stuff right now i'm really excited for him he's worked really hard obviously his father is the co-host of our other Just Baseball podcast, which we've gotten going now. And we're going to get Jeff on here soon on the Just Baseball show to just talk to you guys and uh, to talk about the show. I'm really excited about that um, because we were talking about it off the air. Like, I forget sometimes I'm thinking that's Griffin's dad. But if you guys talk to him, it's this is two-time All-Star, two-time World Series champion, All-Star MVP, Jeff Conine. Right. So I'm excited for you guys to have him on. Uh, I love all the different shows that you guys have had. But, yes, yeah, so Griffin killing it. But South Bend to Denver is not that easy to travel to. No. Uh, so I had to take a connection. So I woke up 6 a.m. flight, got here, went straight to the Futures game, had the time of my life at the Futures. That was the coolest baseball event I think I've been to. I really think so. Until I go to the Derby tomorrow. Yeah. But that was the coolest baseball event I've been to. And I can say that for another like 12 hours. Unbelievable the amount of talent that's there, right? Uh, and my guy, Brennan Davis, goes yard twice. Oh, my I God. I'm happy now. Dude, I, I can't get enough of Brennan Davis, man. And like the fact that the fact that Jason Dominguez is a real person that was in the same ballpark as you are, like, is kind of underrated. Like, oh, they, it, he's sneaky real. I, I for sneaky a person. <laughs> That's crazy. I, I I think you saw what I tweeted, right? Like, I was like, I I could finally confirm he's not a hologram on the backfields for the Yankees minor league team. Like that, he finally is is out there playing baseball in real settings. And before it was always just like, 
here's a video of Jason Dominguez allegedly launching a bomb off of some mystery pitcher. Now it's like, here's Jason Dominguez striking out twice against real pitchers. So that was cool. But I will say, Dominguez was the only guy in rookie ball there. He, he looks exactly like you'd imagine. And honestly, his at-bats were more competitive than I thought, I'd, that, than I thought they would be. Because this was the first holy shit moment. I'm six years older than this dude. Yeah. Like when I was his age right now, I was, I was older for high school. My, it's the way my high school did it. I was going into my senior year. So I wasn't even doing prom yet or anything like that. And, and he, I wasn't even applying to colleges yet. And he's facing a hundred miles an hour in Denver at Coors Field. That's insane. And people are going to be like hard on those prospects. It, 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 we forget. Hey, best pitcher you saw today. I loved watching Reed today. Reed Detmers was, was Reed awesome to see. Um, so, so even like Ethan Small like came on for the final two out. That's, like, that's Ethan Small. Like He's going to be like a frontline starter in a couple of years from Milwaukee when somebody departs. He, he settled in. He, he, he was a little bit of a reprieve for, I think, the hitters because they were just seeing guys throwing fuzz. And then Small was a little bit more finesse. But once he got the changeup going, he was nasty. And the thing with, with the pitchers, best pitcher I saw, Cape Cavalli was throwing effortless 99. Effortless 99. I was looking, I was like, is this Justin Verlander? Like the, 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 the cutter was 94. And then he manipulates it to a slider at 86. And you look at his numbers, his numbers are outrageous. 103 Ks in 62 innings, something like that. Yeah. He's insane. And I was shocked by him. Luis Medina, he's got to harness his stuff a bit more. But 100. But routinely triple digits. Routinely triple digits. But I want to say the one person, and it's not that much of a shock, but the one person that stuck, stuck out to me, uh, and it was beyond just the fact that he hit two balls over 100 miles an hour, uh, Bobby Witt Jr., there was just this – this aura around him that he looked like a 10 year vet that was playing against top prospects. Whereas everybody else, there was talent and you were seeing top prospects duke it out against top prospects. But then Bobby Wood Jr. was a 10 year vet playing against top prospects. And and that's the best way I can describe it. So like Riley green is like at the very tippy top of my mind. When I think of like future all-stars, like just amazing baseball players I think, you know, a lot of those guys in that futures game, but if you were to hand me both of those rosters and you would say, point to the guy you're most excited to watch for 10 years, I would say Adley Rutschman. I would say Torque, and I would say Riley Green. And like, how screwed up is that? The, the Tigers have two of those that I want to watch. But like Riley Green, amazing. Amazing. And, and Riley Green, the fact that he can stick in center, like that's not fair. It's huge. And he, he's huge, right? He's a big dude but he's an above average to plus runner and he has great bat to ball skills. He, he goes the other way, pokes the ball through the middle. Obviously you can hit the ball a bajillion feet too. It's just, what else do you want from a guy? Riley green is going to be a stud beyond stud perennial all-star. And then Torkos and the more I watch him, his swing reminds me a lot of Nelly Cruz. I, I think, love that. I think, I think Torkelson's just going to hit for two decades, just like Nelly Cruz. It's no effort, no movement, Pure power. What else? Again, what else do you want? Who else jumped out like offensively? I, obviously, Brennan Davis. Can we take a sec to marvel at like who Brennan Davis is? Because like, you know, with the Cubs being the uh, dumpster fire that they are right now, they look terrible and Awful. they should just blow it up. They should get the entire haul for Chris Bryant that they can get. He and Kimbrell are the two most valuable pieces. And then whatever you can get in return for Javi Baez 
do it. Whatever oh, you trade can get in return. Everybody. Trade everybody. Blow it up. But Brennan Davis is like the center fielder. He's the next franchise cornerstone for the Cubs. And he's, he's mind-bogglingly amazing. Oh, uh, and this is a guy that I kind of hitched my wagon to, right? Like, if, if, if Brennan Davis went – like, if he wasn't good – I think I would have lost all credibility because I talk about him so much on the prospects podcast. I feel like that's partially my fault too. Like, I feel like that's kind of our fault together. Yeah. So, cause I had been talking about him so much and I was like, okay, Jack, I'm going to pull the trigger on an egregiously expensive baseball card of Brendan Davis's because I'm that sold on him. And I want to have the next hundred thousand dollar card. And it's obviously not that yet, but if it turns in, if he turns into what he, his ceiling is, that card could be worth a ton as we've seen those prospect cards go for it. And I was like, okay, I'm sold on myself. I love it. Jack, you're going to see him play. If you give me the thumbs up, that's all. I'm, that's it. You're putting me over the edge. I'm looking for every reason to not spend this money. If you put me over the edge, you are. And you're like, yep, he's real. And I was like, all right, there goes a lot of money that I had saved up. But it's looking good. I could, I could sell for a profit now. He was, he was the MVP. I'm not doing it. Not doing yeah. it until he wins an MVP in the, in the major leagues, dude. Yeah, like 25 years old, 26 years old. Like He's that's Matt Kemp I, 2.0. Matt Kemp 2.0. That's the comp I keep giving. I love that. I love that so much. Um, now we got into the draft, right? So after the Futures game was up, you you got back to the Airbnb or hotel, whichever you're at. Airbnb it's or hotel? Definitely a hotel. It's a, it's a Radisson. Oh, nice. It's Are not you, that nice. We, uh, <laughs> it, was, it was a Holiday Inn Radisson. It was one of those that's like changed eight times. Well, you uh, totally but, just screwed our partnership with Radisson. It's just baseball. Oh, did I say, did I say it was bad? It's beautiful. It's, it's beautiful. great. It's great. Yeah. Say Six it stars. to Radisson. <laughs> um, I'm becoming more of an Airbnb guy, but like the fees are killing me to the point where like, I just want to go on the Bonvoy app, book through that. And it's maybe, just easy peasy. Well, maybe we do like a just baseball roadmap and yeah. we give you some better hotel options or, yeah. you know, maybe we just deal with it and start to just live the life of a minor leaguer. Maybe yeah. that's what we don't get housing just like minor leaguers. We piece it together. We sleep on some people's couches to just really understand what they're going through. I think that would be a true just baseball thing to do. Hey, respectfully, respectfully, that's a terrible idea. <laughs> you don't want to live the life of, of you don't want to live the life of the best baseball players in the world. Hey, respectfully, no, I don't. Um, Doesn't hey, that say a lot? <laughs> let's talk about let's talk about the MLB draft tonight. How about the timing? I this was. So I initially was against it. I kind of love the college world series timing of the draft because like at the tail end of the college world series, like, you know, where some of these guys are going. Um, I didn't hate the all-star weekend aspect of having night one of the draft right before the Derby and the all-star game. Respectfully, your initial take, I would say I disagree with. Yes. I love this. I love this. And I'm kind of mad that you hedged it because I wanted to rip you. I'm just tired and grumpy and now I can't do it. Sorry, But man. I love it because look, the, the MLB draft is never going to be a full on spectacle. We know that it's different because NFL, NBA, obvious reasons, they go straight into the big leagues or they go straight into the professional team and you see them right away. MLB, you draft a dude. And unless it's Garrett Crochet or probably Sam Bachman this year out of this draft, they disappear for several years and then they resurface. Unless you're a prospect weirdo like me or a minor league broadcaster like you, you don't see them. So that's the problem with it. But I think you can make it more interesting. And I think putting it in this weekend does exactly that. Right after the Futures game, you got people excited about the future. And then boom, right into the draft. 
I did leave before the softball game and I didn't get to see, I didn't get to see the TikTok stars play softball and Peter big time snub. They had, they had the, the Josh, Josh Richards kid, right. And a couple of those other um, TikTok kids hype house and Peter gets snubbed. Damn, was it Hype House or Sway House? Because Peter is like, Ooh. Peter's close to joining one of the houses. I know. I was thinking about that. Is he going to join one? We'll, we'll see which one he joins. But I, I think it was I think it was the Sway House guys, I think. I, think. <laughs> I have but no idea. I have I no know. idea. I, I, I don't even know what that means. But <laughs> it, was, it was funny because Bill Nye has been doing it the last couple of years. Yeah. And Bill Nye, he doesn't swing the bat. The bat swings him. It's unbelievable. His whole body, like, it's crazy. But I digress. The draft was the most pleasant shit show I've seen in a while. Yeah, dude. So, like, I'm watching the A's take a guy named Max Muncy right now. I mean, I feel like I would lay off that if I'm a GM, take a high school kid named Max Muncy. But uh, here's the thing about this draft. It It was a beautiful shit show. Like, Nobody knew Henry Davis was going one until Henry Davis went one. Like that, yeah, I don't even know if Henry Davis knew. He said he knew like an hour beforehand. Like if the, if the kid that got picked doesn't know until an hour beforehand, that's really impressive. That and I love the pick, kept the it so close to best. And I love it. I loved it. Because yeah. you're the Pirates here. Personally, we were talking about it. Henry Davis has had a legitimate case for being the number one on the big board, right? Because he's one of the best defensive catchers in the country. He put up ridiculous numbers. I put his numbers side by side with Joey Bart, who went number two overall back in 2018. And his numbers are actually better than Joey Bart's. I mean, both those guys, both those guys are really good. Both those guys are going to be all stars, very young in their career. And Joey Bart went number two overall. And and Henry Davis, people were saying four at the earliest. So this makes more sense. Frankly, (laughs) it really does. So I like it. And now the Pirates have a ton of money that is saved because they're going to probably want underslot on him. And, and now they can use that to go over slot with that compensation round. And that's the fun part of the draft. It's a little bit annoying, but it's also pretty fun. And from what I heard uh, from pretty credible source is that teams were really frustrated with the way that the Red Sox were trying to manipulate the draft, They're leveraging money here and there, throwing smoke screens left and right. And teams were kind of, and players were kind of just like, screw that. They didn't want to deal with it anymore. Huh. And that's why the Pirates are like, I'm not going to keep playing this game between players, between these high school shortstops, whatever. The Red Sox smoke screens. The Red Sox trying to leverage players into leveraging against other teams. And they were really upset about it, actually. And so they go easy. Henry Davis, save the money, stud. And then we see Leiter go in second overall pick. Because, again, they didn't want to deal with all of the confusion in the high school stuff. And really interesting. So I'm, let's play a quick game. We're going to go kind of rapid fire. I'm going to throw out the most intriguing picks to me, and I just want your two cents on it, okay? And we'll go max 15, 20 seconds per pick. You just mentioned Davis at one, Jack Leiter at two. How about Job at three? Yeah, another money saver, right? I, I like it, though. I think Job has as much upside as anybody in this draft, but comes with a lot of risk. There's a lot of different outcomes that can come here. But remember, the Tigers pick 32 and 39. So they now have a ton of financial flexibility and can do some crazy stuff between those two picks. We're going to do the top five picks. So Marcelo Meyer at four to the Red Sox. Steel. I mean, well, this was the consent, consensus number one pick. I just put air quotations up for those who can't see. Yeah. This was the consensus number one pick, but wasn't that. That's a steal, no, no matter how you spin it. 
My quick thoughts on Colton Kowser at five to Baltimore. I've never really understood why people want to save money when they're drafting in the top five to pay somebody <laughs> in the third round a little bit more money. Like if you have a top five player on the board, like go spend your money there. I agree. Unless like Henry Davis is your guy, that makes sense, right? If, if you're like looking at Henry Davis and uh, Marcelo Meyer is 1A and 1B, then that makes sense. But yeah. if you're going Kowser instead of the myriad of guys I could have went with, that is where it's interesting. What I will say is I liked the Kowser money saver way more than the Kerstad money saver. Because uh, mm-hmm. Kowser is probably the best college bat in this draft, not named Henry Davis. And wow. when you look at it from that component, uh, I think he was legitimately a top 10, top 12 pick. So I don't think it was as bad of a punt, but I do agree. You're picking top five. You have a chance to get a superstar. Why not just do that? But I do think Kowser has a really good chance to be good. I have much less of a problem with this one than I did with maybe the uh, the, the, the Kerstad pick. Okay, how about seventh overall, Frank Mozzicato going to Kansas yeah, City? This was weird. Yeah, that, that's that's where it just that's where it's ridiculous. Yeah. That's where we're, like look at the players that were on the board there. You, name some players that were on the board there. Uh, and, let's see. Will Bednar was on the board. How about Kumar Rocker? Kumar Rocker being yeah, on the that board. That guy's decent. Take a pitcher. I, yeah. Like it doesn't make any. sense. Sam Bachman was still on the board if you wanted another pitcher. Like it, I I don't get it. Yeah, and 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 it was. Uh, Lawler had just gone at that point, right? Yeah. He was one pick before, but yeah, a ton of talent still on the board, right? And, and instead you go with a guy that I had going late in the first. I will say this kid has great pitch ability. He has a lot of things going for him, but at the same time, he's a Connecticut prep arm that has not really played in the summer circuit. His parents own a very good bakery, a very well really? bakery in Connecticut. And I have a conspiracy theory that the Royals – just really liked the bakery. Wow. The cheese Danish. They've got it all. Wow. They've got good, it all. Good but, for them. Italian bakery. But you know what? It, it, it's a guy that there that, you know, he's a good player. He's a good player. It's a good pick in terms of his long-term outlook. But at seven, it's not a good pick. At 25, it's a good pick. So it's a money saver big time. I would yep. love to see what the bonus is there. But again, you're picking seven. There's right. so much talent there. You could have went Brady House. You right. could have went with so many upside high upside guys and you take a little bit of a punt there at seven you can liken it to trading back but unless they save a ton of money on that pick it's like they traded back 20 picks yeah um i i do have a quick question before we get to kumar at 10 because i'm going to ask you about kumar at 10 also chase petty just went to minnesota by the way that's big chase petty 26th overall to minnesota wow Uh, but before we get to kumar at 10 Pitchability. Can you define pitchability? Yeah. You know, I, I think it's, there's a, there's a, it's a pretty broad term, but I would frankly say it's just knowing your strengths and knowing how to utilize those and just throwing strikes and mixing things up, right? Because a guy that gets a lot of strikeouts, but just overpowers dudes with fastballs. I'm not going to say he has good pitchability. I'm going to say he just overpowers dudes with fastballs right. and that might not translate at the next level. A guy like, uh, a more well-rounded lefty, like we saw that goes number seven overall here. He's low nineties, but three pitches for a strike mixes them up and he knows how to pitch. That's something that you just don't really see from high schoolers. And that's why I do like his long-term outlook and he does have a ton of upside, uh, but that's how I would define it. It's just knowing how to mix things up, utilize your stuff in the most effective manner without just all of the advanced data that teams are just handing to you, right? You're on your own in high school or even in a lot of college programs. And he's able to 
utilize his stuff and know how to optimally use it uh, in the right counts and all of that stuff. And that's the best way to describe it. Guys with good pitchability at the big league level. Like my mind is going to Walker Bueller, who can command five pitches on any given night. Who else jumps to your mind when you think pitchability? Bieber jumps to my Bieber, mind. I was gonna, that would have been my first, first guy there is Shane Bieber, uh, a guy closer to home for me, Pablo Lopez. Mm-hmm. Pablo Lopez doesn't have anything that jumps off the page. He's got a good fastball, a good changeup, and a decent third offering, and he locates well. The cutter's okay but he knows how to use his pitches in the right manner in the right times to get the most out of them. And Pablo Lopez, look at his numbers, man. Like he's been spectacular. He outpitches his stuff. That that's, I think the best one word, like one phrase way to describe it. Outpitching your stuff yep. is what pitchability would boil down to for me. Uh, we're going to do three more draft picks and then we'll call it an episode. Kumar at 10 to the Mets. I love this pick i follow a lot of mets twitter and i don't really want to go on twitter right now because they're celebrating but oh they're gonna be man kumar is built for queens oh yeah oh yeah it's gonna be the dark knight like round two i don't know what the nickname is gonna be for for kumar rocker but he's gonna have some sort of superhero type of nickname like that there's some questions but not questions enough to slide him to 10 there's no way any mets fans or even the mets front office woke up today and said we're gonna get kumar rocker so I think they've got to be thrilled about that. They and when you have that going for you, uh, you got to be feeling great. Rocker's got all the potential in the world. I do need to see a little bit more refinement from him. Of course, there's some questions, but again, this is a guy that suffered from prospect fatigue. He's got all the talent in the world and he could end up being one of the steals of the draft. I love the term prospect fatigue. And I don't think much like pitchability. I don't think a lot of people really understand what prospect fatigue means. And prospect yeah, I, fatigue, got, I got to chill. I got, I got to like, I got to explain. No, no, no. But the thing is like, this is good. This is what we're supposed to do as a podcast. This is what we're supposed to do is just baseball, right? Like we're supposed yeah. to bring you this stuff. So the people that understand that can palette it and we're going to explain it and put it into, you know, common English. Like that's the goal that you and Peter set out to do. And that's, I mean, why you're paying me the massive dollars, right? So yeah, uh, <laughs> that's the 10 year uh, deal. That's why we gave you the 10 year deal. Yeah. I'm st- actually still waiting on my first paycheck, by the way, but um, it's in the mail. No, <laughs> good. Uh, yeah. That's good that you're still mailing it and not direct deposit, but the term prospect fatigue, it, it what it really means is people saw Kumar rocker as that number one overall possible pick in high school. And he didn't go. So then he got to Vandy and he was pitching on national TV at Vandy. So every time he was on or every time he could get SEC Network on for a conference start, you were watching Kumar Rocker. So instead of only seeing the highlight tape like Luka Doncic or Chris Stops Porzingis or maybe even Cade Cunningham, because you're not making Oklahoma State priority television every night, you're watching every outing for Kumar Rocker. So not only are you seeing the no-hitter and the 15 strikeout games, but you're also seeing the games where he goes seven and allows three earned runs. So like when you see everything, you're right. You get fatigued and you start to point out the weaknesses. It's like when you spend too much time around somebody and everything they do starts to piss you off. I was kind of waiting for that to happen with you and Peter, uh, but it hasn't happened yet. We're so just doing great. it via zoom. We're good. Yeah, that's, that's why that's why, but uh, no, it's a hundred percent true. And especially with a guy like rocker who, we see him being an early first round potential pick. He wants to go to college, doesn't get the price tag met. And he made the right decision, I think. But, oh, totally. But you, you see him forego and he gets off to a hot start and you're thinking, 
oh my gosh. So if this guy's skipping, he would have been a top 10 pick. Now he's going to college. He's going to make college his little brother. He's going to, he's going to son them even like it's going to be easy for him. And he did that, but he also had a peak that was so ridiculous, right? You're throwing no hitters in the super regional against a really, really, really good Duke team. You can't always match that. And also guys are going to have a bit of a scouting report on you as you go. Like he became the guy that everybody prepared for. He's the guy that everybody is trying to figure out. And I think that's where it's just not fair to him, where you're expecting him to continue to just churn out no hitters. That's where prospect fatigue comes is you hit this peak, but you're not going to get drafted yet. And you can't just keep meeting that peak. You're going to regress a little bit when you're pitching every day. And he had a phenomenal career. He was dominant this year too, but that's exactly what it is. And, And I think he was the latest victim of it. I think Farhan Zaidi and Kim Ang net the two steals of the first round. And we will save the Marlins pick of Khalil Watson as the last pick we go over. But Will Bednar at 14 to San Francisco, like this guy can join Kevin Gosman, like maybe in the bullpen, like we saw Brandon Finnegan do for Kansas City a little bit back. And you mentioned Crochet and maybe Sam Bachman this year. Like, it, Bednar strikes me as that guy that can give you three innings in the postseason this year, and then he can start the year in double A in 2022 and then be a rotation guy by next September. Oh, and, and I think you, you hit the nail on the head. And one thing I want to mention real quick, too, is, is Bachman to the Angels, right? I, yeah. I said this on, on the live stream we're doing for the draft. Bachman is now the second best reliever in the Angels bullpen. I just wanted to preface with that. I just wanted to throw that in there so just to show you one, how bad their bullpen is. And that's another guy that just has the two pitches. He's good to go. Think about this. Reed Detmers and Sam Bachman could be like the four and five in their rotation tomorrow. Correct. Correct. And, but Bachman, you know, could go right in tomorrow and, and be that, that bullpen guy. Detmers, I think could be one of their better, better arms in the middle of the rotation. But when we talk about what they get with Bednar, uh, again, a guy that really impressed me as we got to see more of him down the stretch here. And I was shocked that that he fell there, but just the way the draft was so wacky, it worked perfectly for the Mets to have Rocker fall into their lap and then Bednar to fall right into the Giants' lap. And you know that they're going to unlock everything out of him. The Giants have done such a good job as of late, whether it's their old guys, whether it's developing their young guys, it's going to be a very good match there. And, and I think there's some frontline potential for him to really have a special career over there in San Francisco. People love that slider. I'm in love with his fastball. I'm in love with his fastball. I can't get enough of that thing because it's elevating. It's a lot like lighters fastball. It just rises on people. And, and it works that, off of the slider amazingly well. It's perfect. Let's wrap up with Khalil Watson. I, how the hell did he drop to Miami, dude? So this is something that really bothered me. Um, and this is from a pretty credible source that teams were worried about how fiery he was and that there was some concerns about his makeup. And I think that's outrageous because I've never heard anything about that from anybody that has either been close to him or that knows a lot about Watson. He's a guy that hates losing, which we all do, but he's the type of dude that will get in your face if you're not helping him win. And to me, the Marlins already have a guy like that in Jazz Chisholm and it's working just fine. The team loves him. The clubhouse loves him. The front office loves him. But you know what comes with the territory. You just know what comes. And I think Watson's a similar mold. But if that's actually the reason why he fell, that's outrageous. I think it's a combination of that. And then as he fell out of the top 10, some of the other teams didn't have the ability to meet the price tag. The Marlins had the ability to meet that price tag because they have the 31st pick too. So that gives you a fat 
you know, bonus pool. So I'm guessing that on the 31st pick, we'll see, because as we're recording this, it's before the pick happens. So I don't want to age my date myself and then be wrong, but I'm assuming either with the 31st pick or the next pick they have after that, they're going to quote unquote punt that and go under slot because Watson's going to go over slot. But the Marlins were in a great spot where they could do that. They needed somebody like him. They need more offensive prospects. I think it's the steal of the draft. I know I'm a little bit biased because I cover the Marlins, but I had him going three in my mock. So to to expose myself and kind of predate the uh, lack of bias there, I had him third in my mock to the Tigers. So the Marlins get him at 16. Of course, I'm going to think that's a steal. Hey, one last question before we say adios. Do you think name image likeness is going to have an effect on some of these high school guys taking first round? In what way? Do you think it might deter them from signing with an organization they don't want to be in? Yes. Because the, the appeal to playing in college is pretty high. Jack Leiter really wanted to pitch in college. He turned down $2 million. Kamar Rocker really wanted to pitch in college. He turned down a lot of money. There's a lot of guys that really want to play in college. The big issue is that you can't make any money. And in fact, most players are actually needing to take loans out and stuff like that because you only get a, basically the average player gets a quarter scholarship, right? So I think this does make a big difference because if it's a financial thing and you're a, think about Kumar Rocker. If he could make money off of his likeness right out of the gate at Vanderbilt, he would have cashed out. It's a no-brainer. Yeah. He would, he would have made a ton of money and it would have been a no-brainer even more so. He would, we wouldn't have even been talking about him going as long as we did out of high school. And I think same thing with lighter. So I think if you're a player that has that marketability and there's always those high school guys that have so much buzz and marketability around them, whether they're a big name guy or not, even Chase Petty. We all know who Chase Petty is. He's not one of the top 10 players in this draft. He ended up going pretty high. But Chase Petty had all that recognition because of the gas he threw. He could have easily gotten some endorsements in that regard, uh, just as the guy that throws cheese and nobody throws harder than him in college. That could have been enough where if he's not liking the offer that he's getting, it just makes the teams have to up it a bit more. I'm cool with it. I do think it's a good little tipping point, but I don't think it's going to be anything that's monumental that totally changes the game. But I do think it will be a tipping point for some players. Can I dare you to do something after the Marlins 31st pick? What do I need to do? Go to bed. <laughs> we got to go. We got to go to the bar, man. Oh, we got to go to the bar. We, we've got just baseball event over there. Man, God, you guys are grinding in Colorado. Hey, we've got coverage coming all throughout the rest of the All-Star festivities. You, Pete, whole smorgasbord of people are down there. I saw Colby Olsen at the Futures game. I saw Chris Longo in Denver. I mean, we got the crew out in Colorado right now. Oh, we've got everybody. We've got, we've got a street team out here. We've got everybody going because the points bet. we got to get the points bet stuff going. Got to get the points, points bet. Stuff so going. we need everybody to sign up with points bet. That's, that's what we need. So, no, it's been a blast. It's really fun out here, man. I wish you were out here. Too bad you're, you're living the, uh, the tough broadcaster life, but you're killing it over there, man. I, I've enjoyed listening to you call games. And uh, I honestly, all I'll say is I wish you were the Marlins broadcaster, and I mean that with every ounce of my being. I really do. I would, I would switch it out right now, and I, I'm sorry to Paul Severino and Todd Hollinsworth, but it's, it's just they just ain't it. So they're not that guy. Uh, but you're killing it. If anybody is ever just bored and wants to tune into a game, listen to Jack call a game. He's talented as hell, uh, but we would love to have you out here. But it has been fun out in Denver, and uh, I'm looking forward to our next episode. 
where we're going to dive into some other issues. I want to dive into the weirdness of draft financials next time. So let's back burn that one because that's why we had this weird draft and it needs to stop. And the bonus stuff, there's a lot of problems I have with it. Let's start thinking about that. And if you have any questions, you have a week to ask them before Jack and I reconvene on the next Monday episode. Yes. Yes. Wow. Slot money and bonus pool. And speaking of money, I mean, if my check's in the mail, I got to send you something for that crazy monologue you just did about me. So that was perfect. But uh, yeah, I'm deliriously tired. And I, but in a, in a way, it just turns into me being nicer to you. So all good stuff. Screw it, man. Sleep less often. All right. This was awesome. See you guys.